0: This is a Dubai Eye 103.8 podcast. The
1: Big Interview with Offscript.
0: We are talking about a man who is known as the man with the golden voice. His name is Ted Williams, uh, originally Theodore Fred Williams. He grew up in Brooklyn, New York, and, like myself, was obsessed with radio as a child. Now, I actually found a bit of affinity with him. We chatted for an hour and a half. I love it. And he, much like me, a lot of his early memories involve radio, you know, and mm. he would entertain kids in the, in the classroom by doing the jingles and the tweepers of all these radio stations that he used to listen to and used to love. And I, I was telling him that my, some of my earliest memories are of listening to radio with my dad, and he was exactly the same. And that's what made me want to get into radio, and that he was exactly the same. It was that affinity with his father. So for me, it was... It's, A sport commentary I just used to be obsessed with. The way that they could paint a picture and put you in the room. I remember listening, vividly remember listening to Ben versus Eubank with my dad on the little radio at like, you know, 11 o'clock at night. I'd stayed Mm. up late to watch it, you know, to listen to it, sorry.
2: It's phenomenal. You're right, it is a proper skill for these commentators who do sport with that be football boxing Yeah, it is nuanced to television you don't have the pictures to support it, obviously so yeah. the ability with the spoken word yeah. to transport you into the kind of fevered arena or, mm. or exactly. into the uh, you know, stadium wherever it may be it's one heck of a quality
0: and the economy of words as well you know don't, yeah. not being too superfluous and getting yourself stuck down a track when there's action going on that you need to talk about Um I told him about this story and I'll tell you about it as well so um I used to listen to a lot of Middlesbrough Football Club matches on, on the, because my dad would uh, work in the house, we, we bought a really old house that needed a lot of work doing it and I would help him at the weekends because he's an electrician, he's pretty handy at DIY, so I used to listen to all the Middlesbrough matches um, when we were doing work on the house and then we travelled down to go and see Tranmere Rovers play, in the playoffs it was a knockout um, and I can't remember for the life of me what the score in the game was, but what I do remember was that on the way down, my brother and I had rang the radio station, TFM it was, and we'd got on the radio. They'd played our clip out a little bit later. You know, We were on the phone singing the Middlesbrough FC song, and that was the highlight of the day. Um, So anyway, I was just kind of painting the picture to say Ted was... Ted was bought into my story as much as I was bought into his as well. Because he ended up getting a gig on radio in the early 1980s. He got a slot, not in New York where he grew up, but in Columbus, uh, Columbus, Ohio. He was a late night radio soul music DJ on WVKO, Columbus, Ohio. (laughs) Absolutely brilliant. I asked him if he had any tapes and he said he didn't have any tapes from uh, back in the 80s when he was... When he was on air, um, he had about 10 years on the station. Sadly, he was dismissed in 1994 because he developed uh, an alcoholism problem and a bit of a drug abuse problem as well, Um, something that he now claims was part of his life from the mid-'80s. So he was you know, a a functioning, working alcoholic and and drug user uh, whilst he was on air. When he lost his job, he was evicted from his house and he ended up living on the streets uh, battling this addiction and he ended up being arrested multiple times. So that's the mid-90s when that started. And then you fast forward 15 years to 2011, whilst he was, in his own words, living under a bridge with his then-girlfriend, who he was still with till very recently. She sadly just passed away earlier this year. And a video journalist, Doral Chenoweth, who had had experience of Ted begging uh, um, at a stop sign for money at the, the same traffic signal every morning and one day he filmed his interaction with Ted and posted it online. You may recognise this video.
3: There are often homeless people asking for change at freeway exit ramps, but recently there's been this guy with an interesting sign at I-71 in Hudson Street. His handwritten sign
1: says he has the God-given gift of a great voice. Hey, I'm going to make you work for your dollar. Say something with that great radio voice. When you're listening to nothing but the best of oldies, you're listening to Magic 98.9. And we'll be back with more right after these words. And don't forget, tomorrow morning is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see this man live in concert.
3: I so, just gone, he's just gone for like the biggest radio cliches as well uh, yeah yeah to yeah. deliver
2: it's fantastic yeah. it's the kind of thing I would have done that as a young kid yeah and that's what up. he used to yeah. do you know you put that kind of voice on you, you yeah. kind of put the presentation style on yeah, and, yeah. That's because it is so stereotypical. That's cheesy, I don't want to use, but it is. It's kind of cheesy, uh, kind of American. It's over
3: time, I yes.
0: think. Yes, radio post. Absolutely over time, absolutely. But it was those kind of things that he would do in the classroom and he would entertain his friends. And he ended up going into um, drama school, realized he couldn't act, realized he couldn't sing, but he was just developing his voice that whole time, and he ended up, obviously, as his voice matured from being a teenager or whatever, he ended up getting the gig in radio. Now, so, you remember, that video went viral, and there was a lot of stories about Ted at the time. Uh, we've kind of seen it from the side of the Observer. You know, you talk to people, and Helen earlier on, and Mark a couple of weeks ago, when we were talking about Ted's story, you roughly remember yeah. this story. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, um, he was then taken to a radio station and then he did a lot of tv and things like you know you just do remember that they hopefully got him off the streets but what about it from the perspective of the man in the video with a drug problem having lived on the streets for over a decade would he have any idea of what the power of the internet was at the time
1: it was quite overwhelming to get a call from WNCI radio the the morning zoo with dave and jimmy and they're looking for this homeless guy who's standing on an exit ramp, you know, and with this powerful voice or this, you know, radio st- sounding voice. And unbeknownst to me, the, the video went viral, you know, and I knew nothing about viral videos. So I thought it was an entrapment. Here over here they have those shows where they try to bring people down. Hey, you've won a million dollars, come to this hotel room and, and everything and then the FBI, you know, comes out of the closets out of everywhere and arrest you for whatever. So I thought I was I didn't want to go. Viral video meant to me that I created somewhat of a virus. The internet was truly not a part of my curriculum every day. It's, Though so I uh, told my girlfriend. I said, uh, "Radio station's looking for me." Uh, she you think I should go, and she's like, "Yeah." And so, and as we get up to the station, Roger, lo and behold, every satellite truck from every um, news service or whatever—I've got uh, NBC, ABC, CNN. Uh, oh, the list goes on. And I'm thinking like, I'm not that important <laughs> for them to have all of these uh, trucks and, and and all of this for the bust or whatever. So I'm I'm really not wanting to go. And here comes Dave of the uh, radio team. And he comes up to the car and says, are you Ted? And I said, yes, sir. Hey, good to see you, man. Come with me. So we go up and uh, Roger, I can't tell you how I felt when I walked through that door with this guy um, and, and all of the television cameras that were thrusted upon me. Hey, what's it mean about you know, and the microphones and everything I'm like, I'm shattered my nerves are truly shattered I'm like, what in the world (laughs) is going on here, you know, that was it man you know, this viral video must have been big
2: I paid a lot of money
0: for that man's voice it's still <laughs> it's awesome
2: like can so listen listening to this
0: bloke <laughs> and that's on Zoom as well unfortunately I couldn't get his recording of it from his end so that's you know it's not the best quality but,
3: um, but I do love that he calls you Roger ro- ro- Roger Roger
2: Roger, yeah.
3: roger. He, I love
0: it <laughs> so he genuinely thought it was the child support system trying to bust him trying to trick him into a, an office somewhere and then say listen he has a father of nine children two oh, boys whoa. and seven girls so it figures that he hadn't paid his child support for a few years so he genuinely was worried that he, he, he didn't think it was a legit thing but it was legit it wasn't a sting it wasn't a bust he was then invited on the today show morning 10 of television which was always a dream of his we'll get into that Um, and the offers started coming in so
3: that's nice to hear. Because you think of a story like this, you think 15, 15 seconds of fame, and then everybody kind of forgets.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. it is. I, forgets I, I mean, about you. I kind of, again, going back to what Rod said, kind of vaguely remember this, whereby he was on, I think, Ellen DeGeneres to come on. Yeah. All of your mm. daytime television shows, you bring him on, to your point, you know, 50 minutes of fame, and then he's back on the street. But it would appear that that not, wasn't necessarily the case.
0: No, absolutely, it wasn't. He started getting paid gigs as a voiceover. and So what he'd done was... Um, on, on his way down to that original radio station, which which we talked about uh, earlier on, when he wasn't still sure that this was actually a thing, he thought someone was trying to bust him for his child support <laughs> payments. Um, he struck a 50-50 deal uh, with a guy that had been friends with him whilst he'd been homeless. Uh, it was actually a guy who organised concerts in Ohio you know retro gigs things like that that had given Ted a few sparing jobs every now and then to do the promotional radio voiceover for these retro concerts um, that he was putting on so he shook a hand uh, with that guy and said whatever we make from this 50-50 it's it's a weird story, but I guess when you're on the streets, it's yeah. someone you trust. You're in the middle of this washing machine of viral, you know, people pulling you all different directions. I, I can sort of understand why I did it. Um, book deals and radio gigs started coming in, but interestingly, one came in first that was really close for Ted.
1: I got an opportunity to do a craft macaroni and cheese commercial. Now, mind you, I had been in radio previously and, um, I've done local spots. I've done things of that. Never had a national ad. Never. And so when Kraft decided to, uh, they had a, a fight for hunger uh, campaign going. And uh, they were giving away X amount of thousands of boxes to, to food pantries of mac and cheese. So when they got me in that studio and offered me 20000 cash dollars right on the spot. 20 grand cash dollars, non-taxable. Uh, I, maybe I shouldn't say that too loud because it ended up becoming taxable. But, uh, I mean, but 20 grand. Here's a guy that just left within 24 hours of poverty and then the next day he's got 20 cash thousand dollars in his hand. So I did the spot. It aired. I got residuals from many of uh, of them. Well, I have to tell you, man, that was that in itself was... Truly, uh, it made my heart skip a beat.
0: It skipped a beat because it sounded so good. Have a quick listen.
1: Craft Homestyle Macaroni and Cheese. Cheesy noodles topped with golden brown breadcrumbs. You know you love it. Uh, you know you love it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Isn't that good? $20,000 for a VO. Yeah, That is...
0: Plus residual, so every time it gets repackaged, repurposed. Um, That's a lot for a guy who was on the street 24 hours ago and it was a storm brewing around him. Uh, Within the eye of the storm he was in, uh, the biggest names in entertainment back then and arguably still to this day were keeping an eye on Ted's story. But that handshake management and representation agreement he'd agreed with a friend from those days on the street while he was homeless kind of came back to bite
1: him there were a lot of people and a lot of hands ready to guide my future so to speak but but to take my money too you know and they did end up doing so all of these opportunities that were coming were things that was brought on me by the guy that i characterize as being my on the spot agent or manager he got an opportunity to be on Dr. Phil. Now, first of all, Roger, I was not familiar with Dr. Phil, but the one name that he threw or associated Dr. Phil with was Oprah Winfrey. And unbeknownst to me, Oprah had offered a $1 million deal had I stayed in treatment, but it was not supposed to be mentioned to me until afterwards, so that I'm sure it could have been presented on the Oprah Winfrey Show, or however they were going to present me with this one million dollars.
3: So I'm a little confused by that. So Oprah reaches out to the the agent, the kind of friend, well, the I, concert I th- organizer.
0: I think Oprah, uh, Dr. Phil was originally back then was was part of the Oprah Winfrey right. kind of circus, yeah. right? Sure. So that's the association. But yeah, it was it, the deal was t- that Dr. Phil would kind of take this guy off the street, send him to rehab, and his okay. girlfriend. And then at the end, Ted didn't know anything about this, but at the end of, if he did the whole course, if he'd stayed through the 90 days, I think it was, he'd get $1 million. Um, But that didn't quite go to plan because of all those other elements, all these people trying to kind of meddle with his affairs.
1: We got with the Dr. Phil people, and he sent me down to South Padre Island, Texas. Here I am in the Gulf of Mexico, sun, fun, relaxation, $30,000 Thirty thousand dollar a month treatment center, and my my girlfriend was afforded the same uh, the same for her. They sent her to Houston, Texas, in Manor, Texas, and uh, so we were separated at this point, which was okay with me. But in the meantime, I'm getting uh, notices that they need a handwriting analysis at various banks that I opened up an account with because somebody's cashing. Big checks in my name. So they want a a, a signature card of sorts to verify that this, that. Well, that was enough for me to need a reason to get out of treatment. Now, right then and there, I blew the agreement to get the $1 million from Oprah because I had to stay in there for 90 days. I had only been there for eight days, Roger, before I went on ahead and said, fly me back to Columbus. I got to get back. And lo and behold, yes, at at the uh, banking institution here, um, they did show me that somebody tried to cash like two $10,000 checks that were given to me.
0: So this has all happened so quickly.
3: Yeah, and you kind of feel for him. He's trying to get his money affairs in order. Yeah. Was the idea he was just going to quickly go back, chat with his and then go back to the rehab? Or think, was he just kind of not feeling the rehab?
0: Yeah, I think that was the plan, was to just find out what's going on. And then, unfortunately, found out that somebody was trying to cash these big checks. And so rehab just went out the window. Um, you know, as an outsider looking in on this, it's, and, and I think with every viral sensation, it's incredibly unnatural for anyone yeah. to deal with. Mm. Yeah. This guy was on the street, and all of a sudden he's being told, you know, Dr. Phil is this massive TV show involved with Oprah Winfrey it's just too much to deal with, right? From zero to a million miles an hour, literally overnight. And also people pushing and pulling you and just all in all different directions, all kind of wanting a piece of you. I I get why it got too much for him. Um, Because, you know, you would be pretty sure that not all of them have got your best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And for many people, not just Ted, that viral moment is too much and there's no shame in that it's often not something people choose. It just happens to people yeah. and how they deal with it is, 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 is hard. Sadly, there were a couple of relapses for Ted uh, and he, he's had his money problems in the years that followed, but he's on a decent course at the moment. Um, but when he looks back at it, I wanted to ask him what were the highlights along the way. Um, and as we'll find out, as we'll hear in this, it's something that makes Ted very emotional still.
1: I hadn't seen my mother, Roger. It, it goes without saying I hadn't seen her in over 16 years prior to this visit to New York with this viral video. So I, I, uh, first of all, didn't have any identification to be able to fly. You know, I walked around the streets of Columbus, Ohio with no ID, no driver's license, no nothing. So I knew I would never see her that way. But I always prayed, Roger. There's power in prayer. Because over the years that I had uh, been in jail institutions and all of those uh, in that period that I hadn't seen my mom, I always would ask God to let her live. Ooh, let her live to see him one more year. This is going to be the year I'm going to have a turnaround of sorts. Because up until then, she would ask me, "Am I working?" And I would always either tell her the truth and say no. And then when I did say no, she would always hang up and say, "Call me when you when you can." And she would hang up. You know. And so uh, that was it, I would just ask God. And it took so many years of all those prayers and all that I would always pray that one prayer. And here I get an opportunity to go to uh, New York where I was born and raised in Brooklyn and get a chance to see my mom. And and, and under the circumstances I, I didn't understand about this viral and well, CBS knew that there had been such a wide span of um, distance between my mother and I's communication. So they took my mother on a little shopping spree and they wanted to be the exclusive of the reunion. And there it was, Roger. Here I went from uh, the streets of Columbus, Ohio to, uh, you know, to New York. And uh, I opened up like they promised live from Studio 1A in Morocco, Bella Plaza. It's today. (laughs) So I got a chance to uh, do that.
3: I have mixed feelings about these um, media spots that he's doing. On the one hand, I get it. They're doing a nice thing for him. They're doing a nice thing for his mom. They don't have to take her for a shopping spree. But there also feels like something exploitative about it. At the same uh, yeah, time,
2: absolutely. There, I mean, the fact is, he just said uh, the exclusivity yeah. went to CBS. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to be the only ones capturing that reunion between Ted, a clearly emotional Ted, listening to that, and his mother after 16 years. That that doesn't smack of you know authenticity and, yeah. and yeah. being genuine with their motives.
0: And when you watch the footage back, you. got... You, with the benefit of a bit of hindsight, we've seen a lot of these happen now. This is probably one of the first ones. You look back at it, you, you can see all those ticks. You can see all that. Ah, it's it's mm-hmm. all about the, it's so all about the, the yeah, exactly. It's exactly. all about the
2: the TV station, the TV station, making sure they get eyeballs. Yes, it's as opposed 100%. to actually having Ted's best interests at heart. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. Which of course they're motivated yeah, by that, but I don't know why it just yeah. feels a bit. Yeah, something feels a bit off-putting but, about meh.
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I just thought that was quite nice. One of his proudest outcomes for Ted was that he got the chance to, um, for his mother to live long enough to see her son doing well again. Um, and, um, you know, as part of his life, it's been incredible. He's been up, he's been down, he's been sued. He's been reconciled with his mother. He's been on Dr. Phil. <laughs> um, he is, but he... he, he always comes back to the fact that he's a testament to the fact that homelessness can happen to everyone and anyone you're just a few bad choices away from it a bit of bad luck and you could find yourself homeless he told Mm -hmm. me about um living on the street with an airline pilot whose addiction was really really bad um and he found himself in the same predicament as ted despite flying around the world uh with his job um i did ask ted if he had any regrets about the you know video going viral um certainly a feel for what we've just talked about there about you know the intentions of these media companies and whilst his life would undoubtedly have been very different if doral chenoweth hadn't filmed him on the street corner in 2011 he said that he always kind of knew street life wasn't for him
1: i've always believed in the voice and i voiced my belief to others I'm going to do this. I'm going to see my mother. I always said it. Never doubted. Every morning when when the Today Show would come on and it would say, you know, live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza, my woman would hate that I it would be so loud. I wouldn't turn the TV up loud, but it would be me actually <laughs> laying in the bed with her. And I would do that right after the voiceover would do it. I remember that smiling effect that it brought me when when it's the Today Show. And I ended up doing it, Roger. The power of believing—it just brings chills down my. It brings bumps down my arms sometimes when I think about the um, steps that went through in my life. You know, I never gave up. And I tell those guys and girls that are standing on exit ramps here in Columbus, Ohio, you have to be thankful for dimes like dollars. We all have a purpose. We all have a journey and we all have a gift to lend to that purpose and we all have to be grateful. What a man.
3: Yeah. And How's he doing now? He's doing all right. He has a YouTube show.
0: He has a podcast. He dedicates a lot of his life to helping homeless charities mm. um, and he's co-authored a couple of books. A Golden Voice, how Faith, Hard Work and Humility Brought Me from the Streets to Salvation. He co-wrote that. He's the founder, founder of the Ted Williams Project, a nonprofit organization serving homeless shelters. So he's kind of directing all that energy. He's still got a lot of energy. I mean, you know, he's lived an incredible life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like he had enough energy to talk to me for an hour and a half. So Good I want to him. thank him for his time and Scott, his manager, for finding the time to talk to us.
3: Yeah, great interview that. We've got to end it with this.
1: Hi, this is Ted Williams, the man with the golden voice, and you're listening to Off Script on Dubai Eye 103.8.
3: I feel like we need to play that a little we're bit more get regularly. <laughs> an
2: awful lot. Yeah, we're going to
3: have to get him to do a couple more of our sweepers. In <laughs> fact, maybe we can have him redo our big interview yes. sweeper quite like that. Yes. Uh, so Shuck we'll have to get cash. in touch with him exactly all about that. All right. Well, that was a great big interview. Really appreciated that.
1: The scripts Podcast.
3: We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please do go ahead and click subscribe. You can also check out our other podcasts, Time Capsule or The Big Interview. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.